Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. An absolute pleasure to see you. Settle in. You may not like this. We are progressing at lightning speed. everyone thanks for joining us absolute pleasure to see you hope you're having a lovely day i certainly am what is it what day is it today i don't even know i don't even keep track of these things anymore one day just folds into the next which folds into the next can you believe it's nearly the end of march already like that like that it feels like only yesterday i was telling friends and family that I didn't have enough money to buy them Christmas presents. Really, I just didn't want to. And getting into arguments at the dinner table on on the Christmas holidays. It feels like it was only yesterday. Yet here we are at the end of March. Merry Christmas, by the way, in case it shows up tomorrow, just to be sure. Wednesday. Wednesday for us. Thursday for me. I'll tell you what, we'll call it Wednesday. We'll call it Wednesday. I don't mind living in... I'm living in the past, man. you got to stop living in the past, man. So, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Like I said, hope you're having a lovely day. I certainly am. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of serious stuff here. And not many people are talking about this. This is something that we've, we've been talking about on this show for the last couple of weeks. So we're going to be doing a little bit of follow-up. Further to our discussion about how a single event, tragic as it may be, can spark an overreach and overreaction, an unthinking overreach and overreaction in those that we entrust with the gravest of responsibilities, that being looking after the legislative health of our country or countries in the Western world. Not ordained by some kind of religious order, not ruling necessarily with an iron fist, but enacted to, well, voted for in order to enact the will of the people. It's generally the, the kind of arrangement that we have with these people, these folks. And they seem to be forgetting it from one day to the next. So we will get into that. Before we do, though, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to regulate the hell out of me, please do so by following on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. I'm going to kick it off with a little bit of a follow-up. Like I said, uh, like we were talking about in shows last week, if you missed them, you want to go back and check it out. Uh, I think one was called Regulated, talking about the moves by government to regulate social media spaces, to put more controls on what can be broadcast, mimicking pretty much what China was doing about four or five years ago before they eventually banned live streaming in its entirety to all but a few platforms. 
because they didn't like not being able to control things. And, you know, we postulated, didn't we, about the idea that <laughs> this is perhaps something that, you know, the left and the right can find some common ground on in so much as these discussions quite often are tainted and, and set up as though it's me the voter versus you the voter. But really what we're dealing with here is control versus freedom and it's us the voters versus them. And it's, it's horrifying to see how quickly this stuff is progressing. Let me go to an article here for you. Yes, it is in Australia, but stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned because uh, coming coming to a social media platform and government overreach sector near you, Facebook censured by government for failure to act on live streaming concerns. Global social media behemoth Facebook has been reprimanded by Morrison government ministers for failing to properly address concerns about its platforms in a heated meeting convened in the wake of the Christchurch attack. Here's the government, <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of people who probably don't understand the first thing about live streaming or internet culture, deciding what that culture should be and what people should or should not be allowed to do. Several sources familiar with the discussion at the Brisbane summit said Facebook, which was last week used to live stream the mass murder of Muslim worshippers in New Zealand, was the focus of government criticism over its technologies and lack of willingness to make major changes. We are the government and we will decide how you run your company. We here at the government only have the best of intentions and it is our intention to regulate the hell out of you so you comply with what we think you should be. Following the meeting with social media companies and internet service providers, ministers described companies' commitments as unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory. I'm sorry, I don't like I don't like the fact that you aren't doing enough to regulate yourself out of existence. And unlikely to deter the government from pursuing a what? A legislative crackdown. They just governments love a crackdown, don't they? They love a crackdown, a good old-fashioned crackdown. The government has announced a task force. Oh, see, you can't have a crackdown without a task force. You need a task force in order to have a good crackdown. And generally, you have a good crackdown being run by a task force in order to appear like you really, really care about something and you want to change it. So the average peasant out there in normal Peopleville far removed from the bodyguards and the chauffeur-driven bulletproof windows from which these people view the world. So the, the average peasants out there can feel safer. The illusion of safety. This task force doing its crackdown will include the companies uh, that will include the companies and examine immediate and long-term action. Long-term action. The effort will focus on prevention transparency and response times. This one came out the same day in the same paper. One of the biggest papers in uh, Sydney. Social media bosses face jail time over terror content after Christchurch. Executives from Facebook, Google, Twitter and other social media companies could face jail time if their platforms fail to remove terrorist content under a legislative crackdown. There's that word again. 
being prepared by the Morrison government in response to the Christchurch terror attacks. Ladies and gentlemen, I urge you, I beg you to look beyond the first level here. Resist the urge to clap like a seal being delivered a fresh trout and think beyond the shallow. Do you think in your heart of hearts, Ernest and erstwhile, that if social media companies have the threat, if, if people working at social media companies have the threat of jail time hanging over their heads for the material that private citizens live stream to the internet via their platforms, do you think there is a snowflakes chance in hell that they will even take any risks at all? Why would you take one risk? If you have the threats of huge fines and jail time and you run one of these social media companies, why why would you allow anybody to live stream at all? Potentially, any live stream, whether it be, you know, a, a grandma knitting or somebody cooking, say like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, cooking mac and cheese in their kitchen at any time, arguably at any time, because how would they know? At any time, one of these live streams could turn into something potentially litigiously dangerous for the platform that allows it to go to air. So I ask you in all honesty, how could the institution of live streaming possibly survive if the platforms that allow a live streaming function to exist on their platform with their software face jail time if something potentially dangerous was to be live streamed? Why would they even take the risk? Why? Because because they want you to have freedom? Because they want you to have freedom of speech? Because they really just love you engaging in these kinds of conversations? They love you so much that they're going to risk jail to allow you to do it? These things are always wrapped up. We discussed it in the shows last week. These kinds of things always start this way. It always starts as some kind of noble exercise to protect you or protect somebody else from X. The protection meme. And there's a logical fallacy in falling back on the protection meme. I know we've discussed this before, but it's worth repeating, especially with this shit. Laws do not protect you from anything. Laws protect you from no one. If laws were designed to protect you from things, then there would be no drink driving. There would be no murder. There would be no assault. There would be no break and enter. There would be no jaywalking. There would be no tax evasion. The reality is laws do not protect you from these things. Laws do not protect you from anything. Laws prosecute those who break them. Laws turn an action into a criminal action. We've had laws against murder for a long time. People are still getting murdered. Laws don't protect you from shit. Laws prosecute offenders. The push to prevent digital platforms being weaponized by extremists, there's one of those new made-up words that's being floated around over the last few years, weaponized by extremists, has been unveiled as the government convenes a summit with the companies to address the role of their technologies in the New Zealand attack in which the alleged shooter used Facebook to live stream his murder of 50 Muslim worshippers. 
This this article from IT Wire came out six hours ago. So this was two days ago. Social media bosses face jail over content after Christchurch. This is today, six hours ago. Facebook bans white nationalism and separatism from site. Yay! Yay! Now you see you see the beautiful thing about this is again it always starts as something noble. Now you know that anybody who is going to argue against the banning of quote unquote white nationalism is what is they're going to be called what instantly. Well, you're just trying to defend white nationalism. You must be a white nationalist. Only white nationalists would be against P- Facebook banning white nationalism, right? That's what it's designed to do. Social media giant Facebook has announced that it will ban pages that praise, support or represent white nationalism and separatism both on its own site and Instagram with the ban to set to be enforced from next week. Interesting that they put separatism in there. So does that mean uh, the separatists of the Catalans, for example, would they be banned from Facebook? You know, the people from Barcelona, Catalonia? Would the, are they now banned from Facebook? Now, you can see the problem with this already, can't you? It's it's like, why why do governments always target smokers, cigarette smokers, for more taxes and shit like that? The reason is because cigarette smokers are, there's not many of them, and they don't get any sympathy from everybody else who isn't one. So they're an easy target. But then once you bring in a new kind of tax in order to tax smoking, then you can open the door to all other kinds of taxes where you can hit everybody else. But you don't put a big tax on everybody all at once because you'll get voted out. People will get angry. You'll unite people against you. That is not what you want to do. What you do is target individual groups one at a time. So everybody else who isn't in that group doesn't care or supports you. And once you've done with that group, then you move on to the next group. And everyone who isn't part of that group doesn't care or they support you. The other problem with things like this, banning people who support or represent white nationalism. Did you know that Donald Trump is now a white nationalist, ladies and gentlemen, according to the definition of many people who have pages on Facebook, by the way? The concept of white nationalism or the politics around it aren't necessarily the issue here. The issue is always in definition. Who gets to define what the white nationalism is and who the white nationalists are? Because arguably, I could I could bring up a thousand websites right now, many of which come from mainstream media sources arguing that Donald Trump himself is indeed a white nationalist. Now, if it's possible for the President of the United States to be defined as a white nationalist, do you think how many people underneath that, underneath that definition, could also be defined as a white nationalist? And then, you're off. You're out of there. You're banned. Anyone who searches for terms associated with white supremacy on Facebook and Instagram will be provided to a link with a link to a page known as Life After Hate, where people can find support in the form of education, interventions, 
academic research and outreach. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Uh, by the way, do you know who is helping Facebook and other platforms with their definitions of white supremacy, white nationalism, hate, bigotry, these kinds of things? Uh, just a little organisation known as the Southern Poverty Law Centre. Just the SPLC. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, sh I'm sure they've got the purest of intentions. And they have no intention whatsoever to target anybody innocently to manipulate definition in order to suit themselves for some kind of political agenda. I'm sure an organisation such as that would never dream of doing such things. Facebook moves comes in the Facebook's move comes in the wake of the 15 of March shootings in Christchurch, where a white supremacist gunman from Australia shot and killed 50 Muslims in cold blood at a mosque. Overreach in the wake of a crisis. It is as predictable as sunrise. When something horrible happens, you can count on those with power doing their absolute best to make the most of it. And like I said, some intentions may be noble and pure, but the problem is where do those intentions lead? As you know, as the old saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I want to shift you over to Europe now. Article 13. Have you heard this discussed much in the last couple of days? I, I'm guilty of it myself. We're talking about Robert Mueller. We're talking about, you know, libtards freaking out. Snowflakes melting. Oh, the libtards getting red, red pill in the normies. Yeah. We're talking about all this shit. We're talking about Jussie Smollett. Who's talking about Article 13 and the new copyright rules and ban on memes? Anybody talking about that lately? Nah, too too busy red pilling the normies. Yeah, too busy red pilling the libtards on the Mueller report. I'm doing it myself. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the European Union has passed a wide-reaching update to copyright laws, the first since 2001. Most of the changes in the EU copyright directive are uncontroversial, setting out how copyright contacts are managed and licensed, but Article 13 could have a huge impact on how mater material is shared online. Put simply, it makes websites responsible for ensuring that content uploaded to their platforms does not breach copyright. Again, I will put it to you the same question that we talked about in the start of the show. If there is the potential for, you know, some kind of legal culpability, why would these companies and the people that run these companies take the risk? Why? Because they just really like, they really like your YouTube channel. They're really happy that you link to their articles in, you know, the blogs that you write. They're just so happy for you to be doing it. They're just going to keep doing it and risk jail time or, you know, crippling fines just because they like you. The EU says the new directive is about making copyright rules fit for the digital era. To comply with Article 13, platforms such as YouTube and SoundCloud will need to ensure that any copyrighted material on their sites is licensed guaranteeing the original artist receives payment for its use. Here's an older article from last year from Motherboard, apparently a right-wing right -wing conspiracy website. Europe's new copyright rules are like YouTube's content ID system for the entire internet. 
Under the provisions of Article 13 of the proposed new EU Copyright Directive, any service that allows users to post text, sound or video for public consumption must implement a copyright filter that checks to see whether user contributions match known copyrighted networks. Works that match the filter are censored. If this sounds familiar, it's because it's similar to YouTube's content ID system, which costs millions and is hated by everyone. Users point out that content ID blocks all kinds of legitimate material thanks to spurious copyright claims. Large rights holder groups like Universal Music say that even though they can upload millions of items at a time to YouTube's blacklist, YouTube is still not catching enough infringing uploads. The EU proposal doubles down on this failed $60 million American corporate boondoggle and turns it into European law, but expanded to every kind of copyrighted work. Imagine content ID, but for everything. Blog comments, tweets, GitHub commits, Instagram photos, replies to newspaper articles, rental listings, dating profiles. Article 13 not only magnifies Content ID's worst features, it also fails to learn anything from Content ID's mistakes. For example, Content ID has a serious copy fraud problem. Everyone from US presidential candidates to local news broadcasters have falsely claimed copyright over materials that they don't own, sometimes out of malice and sometimes because they just didn't care if they censored someone else. Have you ever watched a live stream or, you know, a show on Periscope or something where somebody, say, puts forward a theory or puts forward some kind of argument that certain things are happening in the political realm and they use various newspaper reports or news clips from news services like CNN or MSNBC in order to prove their point? in order to get information out there to people who would otherwise not see it. Guess what? <laughs> you are in the firing line. You are in their sights. Because from if, if this shit gets through, you will now be in violation of a new copyright law. Coupled with the fact that live streaming may be outlawed completely at some time in the future anyway, because we want to try and impose jail terms on those who run live streaming sites if anything should untoward should happen on those sites. Never mind that. Never mind that. Let's let's own the libtards over Jussie Smollett, shall we? Article 13 is often described as balancing the interests of media companies and technology platforms, but it completely omits the interests of the hundreds of millions of Europeans who use the internet, but are neither a big tech employee or an employee of big copyright. If you post something that is wrongly snared by a filter, either because someone falsely laid claim to it or because the filter ignored your fair dealing rights, you have no real remedies. You can meekly ask the company to unblock your material and if you disagree with their response, you can hire lawyers and sue to have your material uncensored. How many how many sort of backyard bloggers would you say? Let's let's invent a term. How many black backyard bloggers would have the ability to hire lawyers to defend them in copyright lawsuits against say MSNBC? Not many. I suspect. 
Article 13, EU approves controversial copyright law. Services like YouTube, Facebook and Google News will feel the effects the most, but memes, GIFs and snippets are protected more than ever. Ah, yes, because because the bureaucrats of the EU are saying that memes and GIFs are going to be protected. I guess we must believe them then. The EU has never lied to us before. Only every time (laughs) they've had an opportunity to, hey, this is... This the EU this EU thing, this is just an economic free trading zone. What's the first thing they do? They whack up tariffs and then blend all of the governments in politically. For proponents of digital rights, the decision comes as a huge blow after over a year of campaigning to uphold what they see as the integrity of the internet. Member of the European Parliament, Julia Reader, one of the most vocal critics of the directive, said on Twitter that the vote signals a dark day for internet freedom. Under the law, internet platforms will be liable for content that users upload, a burden that will fall heavily on some of the most popular online services. YouTube, Facebook and Google News are some of the internet household names that will be most directly affected by this legislation, the European Parliament said in a statement. The effects of the law may well be may be felt well beyond Europe's borders given the global nature of the internet and the need for tech companies to come up with policies that can be broadly applied. That's what happened after the EU enacted the privacy-focused general data protection regulation in May 2018. In a stunning rejection of the will of 5 million online petitioners and over 100,000 protesters this weekend, The European Parliament has abandoned common sense and the advice of academics, technologists and the UN rights experts and approved the copyright in the digital single market directive in its entirety. Again, if you were looking for an issue where people on the left and the right can find common ground, this is the one. It's not just going to be the quote unquote white nationalists who are banned from Facebook. All of you are going to be prevented from engaging in what is today known as just common internet behavior, left or right. Want a link to an article? Sorry, can't help you. Want a live stream? Sorry, we don't know. We don't know. You're you're a risk. If you do something untoward on our platform, we might face jail time or a crippling fine and we can't allow that risk to happen. We're certainly not going to allow, you know, unknown people, unregulated people to live stream to the internet when it's our necks on the chopping block, when it's our dicks in the in the gauntlet, right? Back in January, Google said it may have to pull its new service from Europe entirely. I wonder why the European Union would be happy for news services to not be so I would I wonder why they would be happy for their citizens in the European Union to not be able to freely link to different articles and whatnot. I wonder why they would be happy to ban live streaming. I gee, I just I wonder why that is the I wonder why that would be the case. Why would that be the case? I wonder. Hmm. If the directive passes, back in January, Google said it may have to pull its new service from Europe entirely if the directive passes in its current state. Screenshots captured by Search Engine Land showed how Google News results could appear in Europe if Google doesn't pay the tax. That's just a bunch of empty boxes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how you turn a population into mushrooms. 
being kept in the dark and fed nothing but shit. Who does Article 13 benefit the most? Meanwhile, it should be known who exactly Article 13 benefits, and it increasingly appears to benefit only publishers. Have you heard the term lately that... Have you heard the discussion, the debate going on lately that places like Facebook and Twitter should be turned into publishers because they're acting like publishers? Be very, very, very careful for what you wish. Because if these services are indeed forced to act legally as publishers, then they become, you know, they become liable. And anything untoward that goes on on their platform, they then become legally responsible for it. Therefore, they will be forced. It won't be a choice. They will be forced by their legal teams to put a stop to all of it. And if you want a social media, if you want a world where only the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the ABCs are allowed to stream and post articles and link to other articles and have news reports, that is exactly what you're going to get. Because nobody else, we can't take a risk with anybody else, right? Hell, even even well-known conservative bloggers today might be defined as white nationalists tomorrow, and they might just have to have their live streaming services yanked, pulled, because it's too risky. Too risky. Can't afford the insurance. Article 13 will embolden these claims. Article 13's sister, Article 11, which imposes a type of link tax on search engines by requiring that they purchase licenses to include clips of articles from news publishers, also benefits large publishers rather than small ones, as Google may be unwilling to pay licenses for the content of smaller companies. Imagine having to buy a license in order to link to an NBC article. How many small websites do you think are going to survive? And only the behemoths remain. If you are concerned about the power of information being held in the hands of a few, then do not rally on the side of turning platforms such as Facebook and Twitter into publishers because that's exactly what you're going to have. Arguing on the side of the team that wants to enslave you. Let's play a short bit of this news clip from Deutsche Welle, which is a a news service based in Germany. I, I mean, they're a little bit lefty, but everything in Germany pretty much is. But they're pretty straight down the line. They're not too bad. So... They don't speak in German, you'll be pleased to know. So a little bit of a report from Deutsche Welle. The European Union, uh, the European Parliament in Strasbourg has just voted to approve major changes to European copyright law. The proposal had moved tens of thousands of Europeans to protest against the measures. Uh, They say they're worried about how new rules will affect free speech on the internet. At the heart of the matter is Article 13 of the legislation. Its proponents claim it would help copyright... Original revolution in the chat. They are turning the internet into television. That is exactly what they're trying to do. Some of us have been talking about this for years. They want to turn the internet into a kind of cable TV service. 
And and before, you know, my American brothers and sisters, before you fall back on your own constitution and, you know, your first amendment, before you fall and before you just instantaneously dismiss this shit as that's never going to happen here. That's never going to happen here. Ladies and gentlemen, these companies like Twitter and Google and Facebook are already global. Facebook is based in, uh, Twitter is based in Ireland. That's never going to happen here. This is, this is America. It's not going to happen here. Stop panicking, motherfucker. It's never going to happen here in America. Twitter is already out of America. Why do you think they moved in the first place? Holders protect their intellectual property, but opponents fear it could lead to censorship. Well, DW correspondent Georg Mattis is at the uh, EU Parliament in Strasbourg, where the vote uh, took place. Uh, welcome, uh, Georg. Uh, so, uh, talk us through today's events. A landmark decision here, really, in the European Parliament in Strasbourg. Um, it was a nail-biter, a bit of a bit unexpected until the recent eruption of protests against oh. this law, which is a law that has already been agreed by the European Commission. Ah. It has been agreed by member states, and now it was up to the European Parliament. And a clear for those who don't understand the structure of the EU, the European Commission is an unelected, unelected bureaucratic body, and the EU Parliament is purely ceremonial. So the EU Commission, which again is unelected, people cannot be removed from the EU Commission. You can't vote these people out. They're just there permanently. They come up with ideas and policies. They then pass it down to the member states. The member states then send it to their representatives in the European Parliament. The European Parliament votes on it. But whatever the vote is in the European Parliament is completely and utterly irrelevant. It is a non-binding vote. It is ceremonial only. So if, if just say, for example, if 90% of the MEPs, members of European Parliament, voted against a particular policy, the European Commission could still do it. Because it doesn't matter what they vote. It is a ceremonial vote. It's an, it's, it's, it's an expression of opinion. It is non-binding. It is non-legally binding. It doesn't matter a jot. A majority in favor uh, of making U.S. tech giants in the future legally liable for the content they upload onto their platforms on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, you name it. So now in the future, they will have to install uh, uh, some filters, which is a technical solution, so-called upload filters. And that is this is a furphy. This is make believe. This is make believe. Services like YouTube are not, they, it is impossible to accurately filter all of this information at once. It is literally impossible. The AI isn't advanced enough to pick up certain kinds of images and certain kinds of sounds and certain kinds of speech yet, thank God. Because we wouldn't ever want it to get to a point where it is advanced enough to do that. So thankfully right now, so far, it's not. So with the passing of this law, ladies and gentlemen, again, I reiterate, these companies will not be able to afford to take the risk. If they are going to be sanctioned with huge fines or potentially jail time like they're talking about, 
if some kind of disturbing footage gets through their filter as it is now and makes it onto the internet, they are just going to ban it all to be safe. They're not going to take a risk on, on my dumb ass or your dumb ass because they just, they're happy to protect freedom. It doesn't work that way. We're talking about multi-million dollar corporations here. They, they do not take risks on unknown variables just for the sake of it. The lawyers won't allow them to do it. They want to ban. They want to ban live streaming. They want to ban live streaming and they want to remove the ability for bloggers to link to news articles. They want to control, center the power in the hands of the few and reduce the, 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 the last remaining tool that we have to challenge the authority of the political establishment worldwide. It sounds fantastical. It sounds like conspiracy theory. Ladies and gentlemen, these people are telling you in their own words, this is exactly what they want to do. And the smallest one, um, they are excluded of these for three years at the end. But uh, then also you have to question yourself if your business model is grounded on, uh, on property, on, on foreign creators, um, and you will earn a lot of money with these, then you have to question your, your own business model if this is the right way forward. The sheer audacity of somebody who is unelected, who earns high six figures off the back of taxpayers, telling you why your business practice needs to change. You need to take a good, long, hard look at yourself. You need to take a long, hard look at yourself. If you're making money on YouTube by, you know, linking to certain news articles, breaking down information for people, why, you're just making money off the back of somebody else's hard work. Who is the somebody else? I'm, I'm glad you asked. The somebody else would be MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Fox News. Ladies and gentlemen, Rupert Murdoch only a few years ago was talking about the need to regulate the internet in order to force people to go through his news service instead of creating their own. Instead of creating their own. And again, I'm and again I'm guilty of it myself. I don't I don't like being the downer. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. But while we're all consumed with once again, red pilling if you want to red pill some normies, if you want to use all of the cliched buzzwords of our time. Red pill some normies and own some libtards and melt some snowflakes. Throw some of this shit in their face. Because this is actually something that the left and the right can finally find some common ground on. Because they're coming for everyone. They're coming for everyone. And the sooner we realise that, the better. And the exploits of, you know, an imaginary attacker on the streets of Chicago and a supposed plot to bring down Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, the real conspiracy is actually happening right, right in front of us, and we're not paying any attention to it. We're too concerned with who Jussie Smollett's lawyer is. I like to leave on a high note.
Thanks everyone for joining us. <laughs> Man claims giant penis killed woman during sex sparking police probe. I have to make the most of these articles because who knows how long I'll be able to keep doing this. Police inspected a man's giant penis over the death of his wife as her dad blamed the size of his genitalia during sex. How would the dad know how big the son-in-law's penis is? That was my first thought. Imagine being the dad. Your daughter is dead and you go straight to the police and say, check my son-in-law's dick. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Reverend Green. It was Reverend Green in the kitchen with the member <laughs> with the rock hard penis <laughs> not the candlestick Nettie Sito found his daughter Jumantri dead in her bed at their home in Probolinggo Indonesia the 55 year old accused her husband Barash of killing her during sex due to the size of his penis he successfully rallied the local <laughs> good comment in the chat from Warrior Girls she's like some high note <laughs> sorry <laughs> I know he successfully rallied the local police to inspect his son-in-law's genitals. <laughs> Usually, imagine that phone call at the police at the at, at the police station. Usually, people ring up and say, "Hey, somebody's trying to break into my shop. Somebody stole my wallet. Somebody's knocking at the door. There's someone in my house. Somebody stole my car." Somebody rings up at the police shop on this night and says, "Somebody needs to look at my son-in-law's dick, like now, today, yesterday." Bring the measuring tape. We're going to get to the bottom of this mystery. Authorities had ruled her death to be caused by an epileptic fit. Epileptic. Why is that word so hard to say? Epileptic fit during the night. Detectives, however, called in Barash to get a look at his penis as part of the probe. <laughs> there are some strange individuals in this world. I guess we better ban them all from, you know, engaging in the internet. It's going to be a sad day when we can no longer learn about the exploits of the Indonesians killing each other with large penises. Nettie levied the allegations two weeks after her death as rumours began to circulate. Circulate around that penis. Got to have a big heart. Heart, heart as big as Farlap. Farlap was a champion racehorse here during the Depression, by the way. He became incensed and believed the husband's giant genitalia were what killed his daughter. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't know whether to be offended or flattered. <laughs> Your huge penis killed my daughter. I'd be like, wow. So you've heard, huh? No. Local police indulged his belief and ordered Barash down to the police station. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the police. If I was the police commissioner, I'd be getting rid of these officers immediately. Wait, so a guy called up blaming the size of his son-in-law's penis on his daughter's death and you believed him? You had to check the penis yourself? What the hell is wrong with you? That would be sexual assault in this country. I don't know about you. He was ordered to show his penis to the police, family, and village officials. So everybody got a look. <laughs> the village officials, the family. He didn't even have he didn't just have to show his Johnson to the police. He had to show it to everyone, the family as well. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> Can you imagine the village officials? Did you did you hear Barash killed his wife because of his with his huge penis? Oh, I gotta see this. 
I absolutely have to see this thing. <laughs> where is where is this where is this show and tell taking place? Cops, however, concluded that his penis was not to blame and stuck with the official story of a fatal fit. Probolingo Police Crime Investigation Unit Head Rianto told DTIC Today, after seeing directly the genitalia that was thought to be oversized, it turned out to be of the standard Asian size. How disappointing. How disappointing. So after you are accused of killing your, your wife with your huge, massive penis, you then have to reveal your penis not only to the police, but your family, her family, and the entire village, only to have the police turn around and go, ah, it's just a regular Asian dick. Sorry, bro. <laughs> now all of the women in town know. Well, maybe there's an upside. Now all of the women in town know that you didn't kill your wife, but unfortunately for you, they also now know that you do not have a mega cock. It's, it's tough. You've got to weigh it up, don't you? I don't know if it's positive. I don't know if this is good or not. Like, Where do I stand on this? Would I rather be known as a killer with a huge penis or be absolved of being, you know, would I rather be a killer with a huge penis or not a killer with an average penis? I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I feel sorry for the lad. He didn't even get the choice. Didn't even get to make the most of it. <laughs> Comments in the chat. Asian size. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen so like I said there are some serious things going on there are some serious things going on in Europe uh, down here in this part of the world the ability for politicians and those in power to overreach in light of a disaster in light of a crisis never ceases to amaze me but also they have this fantastic ability to make it seem like it's just a natural progression of events when this, these kinds of moves and these kinds of policy shifts, they have actually been planning for a very long time. Because what we're doing here is dangerous to some people. Remember, it's not me, the voter, versus you, the voter. It's us, the voters, versus them. And them is control and us is freedom. Those who embrace freedom, those who want freedom, and those who are frightened by it. With good reason in many instances. And I'm not saying, you know, just, I'm not, I'm not talking about myself here. Like there's me and 60 of you in this chat. We're not going to change the world, the 60 of us. But I'm talking about it in a broader scheme of things. People with, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, a million, you know, followers and watchers and viewers of their programs and their videos on platforms such as YouTube or Twitter, blog writers people who break down news reports, you are in the firing line here, comrades, on the left and the right. And, um, you know, unless we get real aware really quickly, then the people who decide how we should live our lives whilst residing in the relative safety of their gated communities and viewing the world through the bulletproof glass of their chauffeur-driven limousines between the beach house, the governor's mansion, and the halls of government, they're just going to roll on and do what they want. And we're going to be stuck footing the bill. So, 
With that in mind, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to... No, I'm not going (laughs) to... I'm not going to do that one. (laughs) If you would like to accuse me of having a penis that could murder a woman in the fits of joy and ecstasy, you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. I'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm not going to do a big free for all tomorrow. I just don't have time. I have to be in a car and it's like a four hour drive. So I apologize in advance for that, but I hope I will try to be on at roughly the same time, about 4 p.m. Eastern, and we'll do like another hour, maybe follow up on some of this stuff. So until then, guys, thanks for joining us. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. everyone hope you have a wonderful night fingers crossed we'll see you again tomorrow beware the mega penis it's coming for you i don't know what is going to be more painful new eu internet regulations or the penis of death in indonesia either way it's not going to be good (laughs) All right, guys, see you tomorrow. Have a good night. Bye.